Ladies and gents, welcome to Next Level Radio. I am your host, Colby Wartman, and our mission is to tackle the biggest questions in strength and conditioning, business, investing, and everything in between. We bring to you the best people in every sector so that you, the listener, can benefit and learn from the best in the biz. Whether that is S&C or business, you can rest assured you're getting the best knowledge available. Having trained athletes for many, many years, we have tried every treadmill known to man. You name it, we've tried it. With these treadmills, there's always been a disconnect, something missing for our athletic performance, something that just does not correlate to athletic success on the field until we tried our Trueform runners. Trueform for over 10 years has been elevating the performance of pro athletes, college athletes, recreational runners, and everyday athletes alike. You can check out Trueform treadmills at trueformrunner.com, and we thank Trueform for being an exclusive sponsor of Next Level Radio. All right, it's time we all grow up a little bit. Ditch the pre-workout. It's not 2007 anymore, and it's nothing like jacked 3D. Ditch the shaker. You're not four years old, and you don't need a bottle anymore. And get yourself the best dippable pre-workout on the market. Each pouch is patriotically packed with 300 milligrams of caffeine and vitamins because shaker bottles suck. Send It Sups is the -the on-the-go solution for athletes, LEOs, firefighters, door kickers, and everybody in between. Head over to SendItSups.com to get the best dippable pre-workout on the market And we thank Send It Sups for being a sponsor of Next Level Radio. Next Level Radio continues to grow because of our listeners and our sponsors. Today we present you, Fat Fish Brewing, the official beer of Next Level Radio. Whether you're looking for a night out with family or smashing the best craft beers in the area, you will find it all at Fat Fish Brewing. Check out Fat Fish on Village Street in Dickinson or check them out on their website at fatfishbrewing.com. Life has an amazing way of coming full circle and bringing to you the people that you need in your life at that time. As a young whippersnapper, four monsters deep, just excited to tackle the day, I'm headed to my first strength and conditioning conference and I hear about a company called Team Builder. Multiple coaches with experience with TeamBuilder and other platforms said the exact same thing. They said that you can get very similar products across different platforms. However, the thing that truly sets aside TeamBuilder and puts their product above anybody else's is their true and genuine customer service. As a customer for many years, both at the university setting and the private facility, I can tell you, Team Builder's customer service is absolutely second to none. Late night emails, programming issues, emergencies on my end are all resolved very, very quickly. So join the thousands of universities and private facilities that use Team Builder to elevate their businesses by going to teambuilder.com, click start my free trial and use code NLT at checkout. Our next sponsor, Nutridyne, a medical supplement company aimed at enhancing performance and addressing the underlying issues of disease. You will be hard-pressed to find the quality that you'll find at Nutridyne. 
listeners of this podcast get 20% off all supplements. Just go to at coach underscore Wartman and click the Nutridyne link in our bio. Keep up with us on Instagram at coach underscore Wartman on our website, nl-training.com or keep up with us on the next episode of Next Level Radio. Now sit back, relax, and take in the mind-melting knowledge of this episode. Welcome back, everybody. We are live on Next Level Radio, episode number 113. And today is a very, very special podcast. And I want this podcast to serve as a piece in time, a piece in history for me, for the viewers, and it may seem like a very big feat, and it may seem like such a big event in my life personally and for the people that are watching, but I want this to serve as a 5, 10, 15-year mark to show how much we can accomplish when we take bits and pieces out of our big objectives in life, okay? 11 months led up to this point, 11 months got me to the point that we're at today. And this podcast is going to be all about my experience at the Bismarck Marathon. For me personally, this is my first half marathon that I've ever run. And since the 11-month mark of getting into this running game and getting into being a hybrid athlete and getting into trying to accomplish being the fittest dad on earth, this is this is a big milestone. But what I'm trying to get across is I want this to be a big milestone right now. I want this to be a speed bump in five years. That's how big we're going. That's the aspirations we have. That's the goals we have of where we want this to go. But in today's world, in today where we're at right now, this is a big deal for me. And 11 months ago, I embarked on, right before my son was born, I embarked on trying to be a more well-rounded human, being a more utilitarian human, somebody that can do many things at a very high level without making fucking excuses with everything that we do. I made excuses for myself for many, many years. I would always say, I'm too big. I can't do it. I have too much pain. I've had too many surgeries. I've done all these things that don't allow me to do what I want to do deep down inside what I wanted to do. And so this is going to be a timepiece at the five, 10 year mark when we post this back up. And I probably have a little bit of chubbier face right now. Probably not as jacked as I want to be. Maybe have another kid. Don't let my wife hear that. And this serves as a timepiece of the improvements that somebody can make when they put their mind to doing something that may feel impossible. And so getting up to this point right before, um, we're going to detail everything, the training leading up to the pre-race, the nutrition, the recovery, the day of, during the race, after the race, the emotions, the experiences, and what the future holds. Leading up to this event, guys, I have literally fed into these limiting beliefs that I've had in my entire life, and it's been forever, right? And I was having a conversation with an athlete on our online program. And I told him, our life is continually stuck in a rut with these limiting beliefs that we place on ourselves without even knowing, okay? And let's just take this for example. I don't deserve that person. 
I'm not worth that amount of money. Okay. Think about when you're charging for a business. I'm not worth that amount of money. How do people pay me? Why do I do these things? Or I could never run. I could never run a 5k. I could never run a 10k. And maybe we say this jokingly in conversation and we say it in a piece of um, self-deprecation on ourselves. However, we end up living by that. We've spoke that into existence. We've manifested it to where there's a point where you believe it. If you can't run a 5k, you're going to believe that, okay? And so we get to the point where we say these things continuously and they get stuck in our heads and then all of our actions wrap around that identity and we never break the mold, ever. And that was a self-limiting belief that I put on myself that I didn't realize because I, I tucked it behind research. I tucked it behind um, optimal training. I tucked it behind all these facades that allowed me to look down upon the sport of running or look down upon people that do it for enjoyment or look down upon all these different things so that I could justify it to myself that maybe I don't need that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. And so I tucked it behind these facades and I wasn't allowing myself the grace to be a white belt in something. So 11 months ago from today, 11 months ago, we decided to be a white belt. We decided to go out for the everybody's first mile run. We think we can do much faster. We come out and we're running 10-minute mile, 10 miles, 11-minute miles, 15-minute miles. But from there, I decided to set my ego aside. From there, I decided to try to break the self-limiting beliefs that were in my head. And I think we got to a point where um, we did it. Fast forwarding from 11 months ago till now, if you would have told me that I was going to run 13.1 miles in under two hours, you must have been on the craziest drugs this world has to offer. It just wasn't, it wasn't a capable thought. It was an impossible thought in my head. Now in four years, five years, even in my, my, my marathon is going to be in March. In March, I'm going to look back and say 13.1 that ain't nothing, right? And so we, we, we stack these wins on top of each other. We stack these miles. We stack this weight. And it's this progressive overload to the end goal. And we find ourselves looking like, what is the end? Is, is the end going to ever be good enough? Is it ever going to be good enough to where we can get there and be satisfied? And the, question, or the answer is no. But it's how happy we can be along the journey, how happy can we be along the building blocks of our future? And that's where we're trying to be. 11 months ago, I ran a mile. 11 months later, I ran 13.1 in under two hours. And six months from now, I will embark on my very first marathon as somebody that is 215 pounds, can deadlift 700 pounds, and am attempting to set the best example for my son of being the fittest father, the fittest dad on earth. So the training leading up to was very cut and dry. And when I say cut and dry, um, this is two days for 11 months straight, obviously cycles in between. So we're hitting our running or our aerobic work, depending on how beat up the body was in the mornings and our strength training in the evenings. And many people will say, well, how do you have time for that? How do you have time for that? And it's all about the priorities that you set in your life. How do you have time for two hours of TikTok? How do you have time for four coffee dates a week? 
How do you have time to sleep until 8 a.m.? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself when you're wanting to get to a point where you feel that you are maximizing your potential. And so what do you set your priorities on? And for me personally, um, we got all the way up to 30 and 35 mile weeks, which is the highest that I wanted to go for this Bismarck half marathon. And 90% of the time we were hitting three runs a week, depending on how the body feels. Sometimes we would substitute one run for a salt bike. Okay. Keep the impact low, keep the intensity high, keep the heart rate in aerobic zone for me, 151 and above up to like 158. Um, and make sure that we're hitting the goals and the standards that we need so that we can keep the impact low, but still get the impacts that we want on the backside for our aerobic work. So you can think of strength training four to five times a week and running three times a week. That's exactly our plan. That's exactly how we ran it for this Bismarck half marathon. And I found out very quickly that when you're burning the candle at both ends, when you're doing two a days, when you're really trying to get after it, recovery is of the utmost importance. You have to be dialed. You have to be dialed nutritionally. You have to be dialed recovery wise. You have to be dialed sleep wise. And I found my Achilles heel. My Achilles heel is sleep. Being a strength and conditioning coach, 4 a.m. is a normal day. Um, And so if you're going to bed at four, you need to be asleep by eight. And since I've owned this Garmin watch, I've owned two of them. And my data set goes back about two years. My average is 555. Okay. It's not a great average. Uh, Deep sleep is still in a good zone, but you find out very quickly what your Achilles heel is. And mine was definitely sleep. So the training obviously was what I called fluid periodization. When you're feeling great, you go for it. When you're not, you go for it as much as you have in the tank, right? So very basically overall, call it strength training five days a week, running three days a week, and a long run on the weekends. So we're always hitting our 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to 15-mile runs on a Saturday or Sunday. That is the training that got me to the half marathon, okay? And the training that's going to get me to the marathon is going to be even more intense and going to be more grueling. But I wouldn't have been able to get to that marathon in March without this half marathon in September. And I wouldn't have been able to get to the half marathon in September if it wasn't for that one mile run 11 months ago. That's the blocks that we have to continue to stack daily to get to the shit that we want to accomplish. And so that training led us up to many races prior. We did the Matahe trail run. We did a Spartan race. Uh, we did a, uh, the Muddy for a Cause race. We did um, Edward Schwartz 5K. We did the Stair Climb 5K, Stair Climb. Um, we had quite a bit of races leading up to that. And that, those are just really accountability runs, right? We can use them as training runs. We can use them as tempo runs, or we can really use those as threshold runs, making sure that we're hitting the thresholds we need at the highest level uh, for our work that week or weekend. So all that work came to, and it's Friday, the day before the half marathon. And at that point, the week leading up to the nutrition-wise getting into that race is very particular, okay? I eat the same exact thing for breakfast every single day, and I eat 
a variation of the same exact thing every single night for dinner. And we have to get to the point where if we are looking to achieve this big overarching goal for us specifically, and size of the goal does not matter, right? It's, it's, it's in terms of your goal. Is it big to you? Then it's a big goal, right? And so nutrition wise, we dial it in very, very, very um, specifically, uh, very high protein, moderate carbohydrate, and lots of fruits. However, as the training ramped up, as we got into m- uh, month five through six through 10, we found that we were under eating carbohydrates because we've always been told carbohydrate, carbohydrates are the devil, right? And I always knew that that's not the case. And I knew that this was something that I needed to do, but I didn't realize the quantity that I was needing as soon as we started ramping up two-a-days. And ramping up to two-a-days is a bigger and more difficult beast. And so our carbohydrate intake had to increase. And so on race, the, the race week, we're up to 350 to 400 grams of carbs a day. Prior to race week, we're looking at 200 to 250 Okay. So we're almost doubling our intake of carbohydrates the week of the race. This is what's going to help us kick into that last leg of the race as the Bismarck marathon was all uphill for the last kick. And so the day, the pre-race day of the Bismarck marathon was awesome. I have not had olive garden in four to five years. Um, I demolished, absolutely demolished chicken and shrimp carbonara with two full baskets of breadsticks and salad. And then we got two full baskets of breadsticks to go. So after we actually hammer all that pasta and all that bread, um, jacking our carbohydrates way past 400, way past 450 for the day before the race, we then came home or excuse me, went to the hotel, hammered more breadsticks, hammered some steak got into the um, ice bath, got into a heat bath, then stretched and went to bed. So that's, that's what we did prior to the race. We made sure that our carbohydrates were very high, made sure that our fats were lower because for me personally, I tend to have GI distress if I'm taking in a ton of fats as I'm not used to taking those in. And the last thing you want is a bathroom run during your race, right? So luckily, we had a bowel movement before the race. Um, it was time perfect, about 20 minutes before the race. Got into that old porta potty, the old reliable old John, and got her done, right? And then recovery up to the race, pre-race. Um, this, this is something that stayed constant throughout the entire training block. Um, and I consider the whole 11 months my training block, right? You don't need 11 months to get up to a half marathon, Right. But I needed 11 months to break stigma, to break my ego, to be a white belt, and to get to a point where I can feel comfortable doing that. So my training block is 11 months, but um, in all honesty, the, the, the running and the training strategically and was in a program the last two months, right? And so our pre-race recovery consisted of ice baths, heat baths, stretching, Normatec boots, cupping, massage therapy, and chiropractic care. That is the whole gamut of what we've been doing because we were dealing with some lower back pain, still am, um, and we're getting to a point where we can be comfortable and not have that happen through addressing my weaknesses in my training, but that is what our pre-recovery looked like. 
And then the day of the race, guys, the fun stuff. Um, this is where it gets fun. By the way, lemon habanero element, they're not selling it anymore. I got a couple. They're just bomb.com for a little bit of a change up, a little curveball. So the day of the race, uh, I'm going to take you through the emotions, the smells, the experience, the people, the pain, the discomfort, everything that led into that race. So we pull up and it's 5.30 a.m. mountain time, 6.30 a.m. central time. Pull up, it's a brisk 40 degrees. My heart's pumping, but everything else is cold. I'm wearing my leaf running shorts. And these shorts are hands down the best pair of running shorts that I've ever owned. And I'm telling you this right now. I've tried Tracksmith. I've tried Legends. I've tried Viore. I've tried Lululemon. I've tried um, Fabletics. I've tried them all. And for me personally, these are the only pair of shorts that I do not chafe in. These are the pair of shorts that fit my fat ass legs. These shorts are nothing to them. They're very, very light. You don't even feel like you have them on. They're a split short and I got the space biscuit color pattern and there is nothing like those leaf running shorts. And I'm sorry if I am mispronouncing those, uh, that name, but I have purchased multiple pair and will continue to until maybe they throw your boy a sponsorship. But those running shorts were my game day shorts, right? There is nothing to them. They're super light, yet the fabric allows wicking with how bad that I sweat. Um, I mean, I had sweat dripping from the brim of my actual hat while running, and that's a normal occurrence for me. And so those leaf, um, I hope I'm spelling or I'm saying it right, those shorts have been my mainstay and will continue to be my mainstay because they are the best shorts that I have found over Viore, over Tracksmith, over Legends. They're the best short out there. And I have a pair of Tracksmith that run a close second. Really love them. The thing that Tracksmith has on Leaf is they have the zipper pocket on them. And that is super, super beneficial. However, I got a handheld water bottle for this this race, a Nathan water bottle. And we shoved our phone in there so we didn't need the zipper pocket. And we decided to go with the Leaf Space Biscuits. So if you guys are listening to this, Leaf, throw your boy a little bit of love. Um, I will continue no matter if I am sponsored or not sponsored, affiliated or not affiliated. I will continue singing your graces because I've never been in a nicer pair of running shorts and I only have a couple pair. So uh, kudos to you guys. You guys have done amazing. So we pull up and uh, I'm in a three-inch inseam shorts. The quads are out. The glutes are out. The veins are out. And it's 40 degrees. And I am a Wyoming boy through and through. I live in North Dakota, some of the coldest climate in the world. And I'm still a big old wuss. I can't stand the cold. I don't do the cold. I played college football in the cold, and I don't do it, right? Everybody's like, oh, you, you, you grew up in, uh, in, in these places. You should be used to it. You don't get used to it. You just put on more layers. And for me, I do not like performing in those type of conditions. And so I was doing a full freaking warm up, getting after it, sweatshirt on, and the 30 seconds before the race, 
took the sweatshirt off, threw it. Once we got through the miles, um, we, we ended at 70 degrees, but um, I had to get a sweat on because I am a big old wuss when it comes to the cold. And so uh, I, I want you guys to check out the pictures that we had of this race. There's 500 people. Um, this is a Boston Marathon qualifier, and it is a very cool experience. And I had a conversation, and this plays into our race day, um, had a conversation with, uh, Cameron Clark. Cameron Clark is one of my online, uh, clients through the QF formula. And we focus on the major aspects of training, but the major aspects of just being a better human. Okay. This is not a, this is not a coaching program. This is a coaching mentorship. This is a one-on-one walk you through, become a better human on the backside. Our end goal is that this is the last coaching mentorship slash program that you ever have to do right? Our end goal is that you learn the things you need to live a better life, not by another training program, not by another fad diet, not by into another different coaching philosophy. Our goal is that you have the principles, the training, the nutrition, the supplementation, the habits, and the formation of your perfect day so that this is the last coaching program that you have to do in your entire life. Because then you take what you learned, it is implemented into your life, your habits are set, and now you are a better person after the eight weeks. And I was talking to him about doing the shit that you don't wanna do. We all have a list in the back of our heads, or if you write down, we all have this list of doing the shit that you do not want to do. And for this person specifically, I told him, um, I need you to save your money, do these things, but this, this person wants to be an MMA fighter, right? And an MMA athlete. And, uh, he's moved to a new town for this. He's done some really cool things and, uh, he's moved all the way across the state just to get an opportunity, not a guarantee, an opportunity to fight, an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to do these things. And I told him, this is what you need to do. The reason why I did this Bismarck half marathon is because one day I decided, son of a bitch, I'm just going to sign up for it and I'm going to do it. And this plays into a bigger role in everything that we want to do in our life, right? You want to buy a rental property. You want to do this. You want to do that. So I told him, I said, you need to gather 70% 70% of the knowledge you need to make the decision and then you need to jump. The next 30% will come. The next 30% will come fast and it's going to come through mentorship and experience and jumping into the fire. But that last 30% is not gained by analysis paralysis. That last 30% is only gained in the experience. So I told him, I said, you know what you need to do? You need to reach out to the coach that runs the MMA gym there and you need to tell him, I'll clean the place. I'll wash the toilets. I'll clean the mats. I'll do all this. If you can just let me be a fly on the wall in your class, if you can let me into your class and allow me to learn and allow me to grind, I will keep this place spotless. And that's what he did. And that turned into his experience of getting into this gym, doing the things he wants to do and so on and so forth. And so I bring that up because the only reason that I got to this race day is because one day I decided fuck it. I'm signing up for it. It's either going to make me or break me. I either got to shit or get off the pot. You have to do the work because you're forced to. And I think in anything, guys, 
if we buy into these self-limiting beliefs, it won't allow us to click continue and submit and actually submit for the race and do the race or do the rental property or do the business. If we keep on continuing to get into those limiting beliefs, we're never going to make it anywhere. And so that's what got me to that race day, the brisk 40 degrees, the running shorts, the, the experience itself. And so if I had any words of encouragement, the thing that you've been putting on the back burner, hit continue. The thing that you've been worried about, do it. Sign up for it. The work will be done. Because as humans, and I tend to do this all the time, guys, I do this on a daily basis. And I'm not saying that just to say that I do this on a daily basis. The things I need to know, I know I need to do for my business. I put them on the back burner. I put them on the back burner. And so just do it. Just sign up for the race. Go one more mile. Just do the thing and you will be happy that you did because then you'll be on a podcast talking about race day of your first half marathon after running one mile 11 months ago. And so during the race, guys, um, I have a really cool story during this race, but the Bismarck Marathon was an awesome course. Started at the Capitol, ran down through into Mandan from the Memorial Bridge, which is a very cool bridge. You go through Mandan into the Expressway Bridge, go across the river again into um, right before you get to Shields. Then you take a big old loop around the Riverwood Golf Course. And then you start heading north through a big park up to the capital again, and then you finish. And my, my training runs, I've gone up to 15 miles, two separate 15-mile runs. Um, I've hit 10s, 11s, and 12s religiously, and uh, it was a good, good training block. And for me, shooting for a sub-two-hour half marathon, I needed to be under, I believe it was 850 pace. And I'll check that out, but I believe I needed to be under a 850 pace. And so average, I averaged 830 to 840 is what I'd have to pull up my Garmin, but I averaged 830 to 840. But to to, to hit a um, sub-two-hour marathon, okay, we need to be sub-nine-minute mile, Okay. So mine came in at like an 840 because that put us at about a buck 53. So 840. And an 840 pace is a good pace for me, right? When, when, when I'm getting to my marathon in March, I would like to be towards that eight pace. So we're going to have to take off 40 seconds over 26 miles. And uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's a lot. And so during the race, guys, I was in a groove. Um, Mile four was a 7.07 pace, way too fast. Had a little bit of a downhill stretch, but we were able to tone it down because I knew I was going to need it for the kick at the end. And we were going and ha- um, had a conversation with one guy. Didn't didn't converse much, had the headphones on, listening to actually a Nick Bear podcast um, and a Power Athlete podcast and then a Joe Rogan podcast. And as we're going, we're heading south, just like Zach Bryan would say, and uh Everything feels good. Everything feels great. Um, only stopping at like every third way station, not stopping, grabbing and running. Um, but I had my element electrolytes in my Nathan water bottle. So we kept very hydrated the whole time. It has 16 ounces and that was obviously gone by the 13.1. Um, but the element hydration kept us rocking and rolling and you'll instantly feel that difference guys. You can feel it within 
your next mile. Like you take the element and you can feel that kick in. You can feel that hydration. Um, and then we got to mile like seven and eight and everything's still feeling good. We're still keeping pace, not stopping and doing very well for me personally. Right. And at mile eight is when we took our, uh, our maple syrup little um, packet and just hammered that. And that gave us a little bit more glycogen stores, um, a little bit more glucose to get us through and feel strong towards the end kick. Right. And then I remember this vividly guys, and this course is amazing. But as we start getting into mile 10 or excuse me, mile nine and mile 10, we start this uphill ascent heading North up to the Capitol. And, uh, this is when things started to really start feeling it, right? You start getting in your physical body and you start feeling all the things that are coming at you. You start feeling your knees, your ankles, your low back, your hip flexors, and you start getting in your physical being and start really buying into the pain that you're feeling. Prior, you're on an endorphin rush. You're just on this high, right? But then you start getting towards that end and that's when things would get really Western. And I told this story very briefly on an Instagram post, but I really want to dive into the essence of this story. And I think, and I know that this can impact one person, just one person in anything that they're doing. And it would be a successful story. And I feel obligated that I got to talk about this. And so we get from mile nine into mile 10 and 10 and a half, right? And that's when I really start to feel all these pains as we're going uphill. The hip flexors are having a harder time lifting the, the foot up. I'm starting to feel and hear the scrape of my foot as we're going through each impact and each stride. And I really start hyper-focusing on the pain that I'm feeling. And when you do that, that's when you go into your, your what's called your pain cave. And you really just start hyper-focusing on the shit that is hitting the fan. And going in from t mile 10 and a half to 11, I remember it very, very vividly. And it was something that I've dealt with in my life in many different instances, whether it's college football, high school wrestling, marriage, business, whatever it is. And this voice in my head put the fucking loudspeaker on and started blaring, you can't run a full marathon there's no way you can run a full marathon. There's too much pain. There's too much stuff going on. You aren't strong enough. You aren't fast enough. You're too big. But the main commentary that this, this voice was saying is there is no physical way that you can run a full marathon. Because on my gamut of, of big goals is to run a full marathon, right? And um, I was seeing people that were ahead of me and watching them and not feeling their pain. So you think that they're just doing it flawlessly when they're in the same amount of pain you are or worse, right? And as soon as it said, you can't run a full marathon, you can't run a full marathon, you can't run a full marathon, instantly, all I could feel was pain. All I could feel was the negative aspects that were going on in that moment, right? And you just hyper-focus on it. And I knew this is the big turning point. I knew if I didn't say anything at that moment to myself or do something to prove myself wrong, I knew that I would never attempt a full marathon. I would never attempt an Ironman. I would never attempt a Spartan Ultra. I would never attempt these things because this self-limiting belief told me during the most painful portion of my run that I couldn't do it. 
and I saw these people that were doing it and I just didn't feel their pain. I only felt mine. And this is when the lower back and the hip flexors and everything started to kick in. And so I stewed in that for the next mile and a half, getting us into 12 and 13. And stewing on that, I knew that I had to say something, do something, prove something to myself, right? And so this last mile is a very, very good incline, this this very high grade into your last kick across the finish line up at the Capitol. And uh, people probably thought I was a psychopath, um, but I've learned over the years that if you do not address, demolish, set on fire, stomp out these self-limiting beliefs that are going in on our heads at all times, you will live your life the rest of your life like that. You will live those self-limiting beliefs out. And so I have my headphones blaring. I think I was on a Joe Rogan podcast at the time. And uh, people probably thought I was crazy. I had a bunch of people like by me, in front of me, behind me, around me. And I yell out three separate times. I can run a full marathon. I can run a full marathon. I can run a full marathon. And these people are probably looking at my bib like, yo, dipshit, you have a half marathon bib on. You ain't running the full marathon. But they don't know what's going on in my head. They don't know what I'm feeling, the things that are being told to me through this voice, right? And during that point, as soon as I said that, I couldn't feel my pain anymore. I couldn't feel the physical pain. I couldn't feel the mental pain. All I could see was the finish line, right? And this last, this last mile was my slowest mile. Even though at the very end, you do that big run and you try to get as fast as you can across the finish line, that last 13.1 was my last mile and it was the slowest I had because of the uphill kick. But what I did to prove to myself is I told myself, I'm not listening to anything, the bullshit that is going on in my head. I'm not listening to anything that's being told to me, right? I'm not going to run a half marathon tomorrow. I'm going to recover and lick my wounds and make sure that I'm ready to rock and roll for two, three, four weeks down the road. And so I did my last kick. I got across the finish line. The pain was real. The endorphins were high. The adrenaline is pumped. But I proved to myself at that point that I could push through the bullshit that is in my head and push through the self-limiting beliefs that suppress our actions every single day. And I finished the half marathon. And I proved to myself that no matter what, I'm going to attempt and I'm going to finish a full marathon at some point, right? That's something so profound that I experienced during that run that I think can correlate to any and all experiences in life. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that, uh, that raise. I don't deserve that uh, promotion. My, none of my family members got their master's. I, I shouldn't get my master's. I, there's no way. I've never run even one mile. I couldn't run a 5K. There's, there's too many people that have started that business. I, there, uh, there's, no, there's no market for that business. There's no demand for that business. I'd just go out of business. That's the bullshit that is fed into our head every single day. And that's the bullshit that we live our life by every single day. Get 70% of the information you need to make a decision and do it. Hit continue. Submit your application. 
Do the things you need to do that you know you need to do because that's going to get you from running your one mile 11 months ago to running your first half marathon in September and running your first full marathon in March. Those are the stepping stones that you need to take. And so if you took anything from this podcast, the one thing is destroy, set on fire, and stomp out every self-limiting belief as soon as it enters your freaking head. As soon as it enters your head. Demolish it, stomp it out, set it on fire, all your self-limiting beliefs, the instant that it speaks it to you. That there will be the best thing that you could learn from this podcast. And I hope you apply it to anything and everything that you can think of, okay? I'm sure I didn't come up with uh, about 50 different examples of what you could do so that you can break through those self-limiting beliefs. My last example was the self-limiting belief when I was addicted to heroin, when I was addicted to pain medication, and when I was what I call a trash can junkie. If I didn't have my preference of my, my drug of choice, I just did whatever I did to escape the reality that I'm in right now. And I told myself for many, many years, I went through drug addiction for 10 years. I was addicted to those things for 10 plus years. I told myself, I'm an addict and I need some type of external substance to get through my day. And you tell yourself that over and over and over and you start to believe it over and over and over. I want to go to the movies. Okay, let me take this pill. I want to go to the football game. Okay, let me smoke this weed. I want to go hang out with family for the, the family barbecue. Okay, let's have a few beers. We attach these substances to everyday life through our self-limiting beliefs that tell us that we need and are dependent upon an external substance to get through our day and to escape the current reality that we're in. Destroy your self-limiting beliefs as soon as they enter your head. Destroy them. That was the Bismarck Marathon. That was my experience as a whole. That was um, how I felt, the emotions, everything about it. The feeling you get after running one of those races, for me, it was um, surreal. It was uh, this, this amazing feeling. But it's also it's this stepping stone, right? Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the moment and I enjoy everything about it. But it's just something to get me to the next thing and then the next thing to get to the next thing, right? So destroy your self-limiting beliefs. Sign up for the race. Sign up for the job. Sign up for the promotion. Sign up for it and the work will be done. The hay is in the barn. And so what does the future hold? As I said, the goal as of September 19th is to run a marathon in March. I ain't going to be qualifying for the Boston Marathon. I ain't going to be doing anything like that. I'm going to be completing the marathon at my best. And that is one of my big, big goals for 2024. I'm going to be running a marathon. And also on the agenda... The big overarching one is I'm going to be completing a Spartan Ultra. Spartan Ultras, I believe, are the 50K. How? I believe they are. 
are 50K. So 60 obstacles, 50 kilometers, and uh, nothing short of just destruction, right? So for 2024, because we're running out of time in 2023, our goals are to complete a full marathon and a Spartan Ultra and anything else that comes up on the plate. And we just attack it by putting the hay in the barn, doing the work, and hitting the submit button and making sure that we do it. So that has been episode 113 of Next Level Radio, the Bismarck Marathon breakdown, the Bismarck Marathon summary, and the things you can do to break through your self-limiting beliefs. Break through your self-limiting beliefs sometime this week because they happen every single day. Have a wonderful day. We will see you guys next week. Next Level Radio. Peace.